So good afternoon and welcome to the another awesome episode of the Pizzeria and Enzo show. I'm happy to be here with my great friend, Doug Smith. Doug, what's shaking, man? Hey, Tom, it's good to see you today. I am, I am glad to be seen. So uh, we have uh, an opportunity, Doug, for me to introduce you to Enrique Alvarez. Thank you very much for having me here, uh, Tom and Doug. And I got to say, Tom, very nice way of rolling your R's. That was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. It's a... Uh, that is a story. After, uh, when we're in Atlanta next, I will tell you where that came from. I, uh, uh, that, that is a funny way that that weird R thing that I say comes from. So, Enrique, you are in um, the logistics business and supply chain business with Vector. How did you come to uh, either work for your company or found your company? How did you come about that? Yeah, so um, I'm the co-founder of Vector Global Logistics, and uh, I started the company uh, with my business partner back in 2009 we started but before that our background's not in logistics we had a background in strategy consulting so we worked for the boston consulting group i'm originally from mexico came to the us to study business school and i guess as uh, most entrepreneurs we were both working together me and my business partner brian oxley uh down in miami we were having a couple beers talking and all of a sudden we decided that it would be a good idea to start something on our own we had tons of different ideas, but logistics caught our attention mainly because of three things, right? It's a very, very um, large industry, multi, lots of trillion dollars in logistics. Uh, even the big guys don't have a lot of the equity uh, in the market or the market share, I apologize. And so we said there's a big opportunity here. The other thing that really caught our attention is that uh, logistics in general is still a somewhat uh, old school kind of uh, community. Uh, we have uh, very old companies. A lot of companies were uh, coming uh, on board and have come around since, since the logistics industry started to develop, which was when the container was created. And then the third thing is we thought that logistics could be a really good opportunity for us to change the world and make a positive impact in the world, which is kind of the foundation of our company and our culture and our values. And, and that's, that's how we landed in logistics. And we've been doing it successfully for the last uh, more than 10 years now. We have offices in the US, Mexico, Chile, presence in Malaysia, Vietnam, and China as well. I was looking at your website and I see you do a lot with nonprofits. And I know you mentioned you like to change the world. And for me, that was, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so uh, logistics with purpose is the way we want to, um, we summarize why we do what we do. But uh, again, the company was founded on the belief that a few caring people can and will change the world. And so for us, it's very important that we continue leveraging logistics to, to really uh, bring some positive uh, impact into our communities. Uh, we do it not only with our employees and the way we're growing our company and the way we have uh, set up our culture, but then also donating to different causes. In the US, we have partnered with SURF and we're donating 50 meals for children in Kenya for every container we move. In Mexico, we have partnered with an organization called Canica and we're working with them to support children uh, with cancer and their families. And then down in Chile, we're partnering with an organization called Juanil and they help children with special needs. We're very proud of, of this. It's not the only thing we do. We do help a lot of nonprofit, uh, for-profit organizations. Our, our 
uh, bread and butter when it comes to logistical services. It's very uh, boutique. We're a boutique logistics company. Our specialty is in the automotive, aerospace, renewable energy, and really any industry or company that is facing a challenging situation or is shipping into a complex region of the world. We're really, really strong when it comes to automotive. Uh, we work with Kimco and Brembo and uh, NAMAC and some others, uh, Daimler and Ford. So that's kind of our sweet spot, but the purpose and why we do things like that is really what binds us together as a company and what really defined us as a, as a, and our culture. Getting, getting stuff into complex delivery areas of the world, how did you come to find that? That's something that I would ask you anyway. <laughs> how did you come to, I mean, just now it just hits me. Uh, Enrique, you say that you're taking, and you're taking product into or, or deliveries into complex delivery parts of the world. How did you choose that area? Uh, was it just, as you say, was that just turned out to be a sweet spot and you're good at it and you rolled with it? How, how did you come to do that? Well, we, uh, we like challenging situations. We like hard things. We're pretty good at uh, doing things like that because of our culture and our unique results-based mentality. So our team is measured by results and results only. We don't have a set amount of hours that we work. So we don't have like a nine to five company with one hour lunch time in the middle. We have unlimited time off. People don't have to come to the office. They can be wherever they want in the world. As long as they're uh, reaching their goals, we don't care about the rest. We have taken that completely out of the equation. So Challenging situations, challenging parts of the world, complex projects is what we strive on and what uh, makes us unique and what really makes us add value to people's supply chain. So for us, very early on, the culture that we set up to uh, and grew uh, made us a key player in those areas. And that's why we just continue doing them. And of course, after the first few that projects that we handled, uh, it was evident to everyone that this culture and, and this unique way of measuring performance was ideal for those larger automotive clients and all their incredibly hard uh, requirements because things have to get there at a very specific time. Otherwise, you'll stop the manufacturing facility or, or, or this or that other plant won't be able to produce as much as they, they could or should. So, and, and we like it. I mean, at the end of the day, it's all about resolving problems. Uh, it never gets bored. And it does require certain personality and, and uh, correct, it does require a certain team to, to be able to thrive in under those conditions. But, uh, but we have it and, and we enjoy it. And, uh, and I think it's part of our DNA. It's very similar, Doug, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, food uh, industry and sector, because that's a very challenging industry too, because you're right. I mean, you're you're dealing with perishable products. And if you don't get them where they need to be at, at the right time, then they will basically won't be able to consume them. Cause uh, uh, so, so yeah, it's, it's very similar. Uh, reefer uh, technology helps and technology has helped us a lot to move food around the world more efficiently. We're airshipping a lot of that product, uh, but it's also very complicated when it comes to things have to happen or it's not a delay. It's really just spoiled product that can be used and whoever has it and owns it and sold it won't be able to profit from it either. Right. So uh, you're absolutely right. The, the challenge, the, the uh, challenges are very similar. 
I heard you mention the refrigerating a refrigerator. Uh, uh, just push, push, push on the right one. <laughs> that was a, a, a sweet lady was going into the bakery. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking so of challenging situations in the food It is. I, and I just put out some fresh baguettes uh, for, for, for her to come in and get. So you mentioned refrigeration. Uh, when you work in time and temperature controlled, I don't know if that's the same thing, time and temperature controlled. Uh, in, in your industry, do you have time limits on the products or are they uh, meaning like, uh, I don't even know how to, I don't even know what word to even call that from logistics, like, like volatile items, like, it, like a, a tire will run out of date by the time yeah, you it. that's a horrible. Uh, absolutely. Question. Absolutely. You have like, <laughs> no, and it's a really good question to ask because uh, the answer is yes. Depending on the product that you're shipping, we're moving some uh, cherries out of Chile, some salmon as well. You need to either either fly them, right? Because they are not going to hold enough time for you to go ocean or truck if available or rail if available. Uh, so a lot of the food industry is flying products around the world. Um, and also it's using refrigerated containers, which are basically standard containers with a refrigeration unit. I think of them as moving refrigerators and you can set up the temperature uh, to a certain uh, degree, to a certain temperature that you want, uh, depending on the product, and then you just ship it. But but yes, you have a, a time limit for those products to be still uh, sellable, if you will, when they get to the other side of the world or where they're going. And so you have to be very, very careful, which has been particularly challenging uh, over the last couple of years, as, uh, as you guys know, and your audience knows, because of the pandemic and the ports being congested and uh, all the issues we have in our supply chain uh, here in the U.S. and around the world. I don't know if it's a, a concept that we have in the food business, we have critical control points that uh, are that, that measure, you know, the time and temperature that product has. Is there when you are dealing in logistics and uh, from your supply chain thought process, um, how how do you over? I, I'm gonna let me just say it this way because yeah, yeah. I, I was I was trying to go somewhere, <clears throat> so I'm 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 getting I was getting a text just uh, uh, right before we got started uh, about a delivery company that was delivering some new uh, uh, plant based cheese to me at my at my warehouse, and they didn't um, uh, didn't show up last night. So I'm thinking I've got volatile cheese sitting somewhere in some hot warehouse in the middle of the you know I don't know where it could have been. And uh, they just texted me, said, hey, we delivered it at, at 1047. How do you overcome or, or, or how do you deal with, you know, I can imagine it's just Tom with, you know, 50 pounds of cheese would be different than a gigantic automotive manufacturer saying, hey, Enrique, we, we don't have our straight line coagulators yet. What's going on with that? How do you deal with something on that scale? Yeah, so first and foremost, I think you have to be very good at delivering bad news and you have to do it quickly, which is probably not the answer that you were expecting, but no matter uh, how good you are, you're probably going to not only make mistakes, but like the logistics of things are so random and there's so many moving parts that sooner or later you'll have to make a mistake. So as a company, you have to uh, come out first and say, listen, we have this process in place to communicate bad news as quickly as possible, which in turn gives our clients more flexibility 
and more options. And I believe some other companies out there, when they make a mistake, they somewhat try to hide it or try to hide it. Don't talk, don't say, try to resolve it, try to resolve it. And when you do finally feel or see that there's no solution, then it's too late and you have probably already wasted time to those clients. So the first thing that I would say is, be quick at communicating bad news. Of course, have a plan and different options for you to resolve the issue that you're presenting. Don't just come and say, hey, we have an issue, but here's what we're doing. Here's what we think we should do. Here are the different options. Here's the additional costs. Here are the different scenarios. So always be very proactive like that. Then the second thing is a little more practical, which is um, always try to include uh, sensors in your refrigerated container. Sensors that will measure not only the temperature inside the container at all times. They will also take care of measuring if the container doors were open. They will also measure some of them, the movement inside the container. If it's a little too shaky, they measure the humidity. Those things are important. and They're not something that comes standard with the containers that you use. You have to request it to your suppliers uh, and your logistics providers. So I, I say having that amount of information and the data available is very important to make sure that the products that you're shipping are uh, compliant when they get to the other end uh, and other than that it's a lot of planning it's it's plan ahead plan ahead always think that things are going to go wrong and have a good strong plan thinking that if they, what what if we don't load on time what if the port is congested what you have to have contingencies uh, planned along the way to to guarantee that even when those things happen like maybe a, a tire uh, puncture or congestion or not finding the pallets inside the warehouse we had, which can happen and has happened. You have something uh, already in place and agreed with uh, everyone to react quickly to those problems. It doesn't matter if it's French fries or car parts, it's all the same because it's going to happen if there are no trucks available because yep. we're using more trucks. There's no rail available. Are you seeing some of those issues as well as far as rails and trucks? Absolutely. There's a big trucking shortage in the U.S. There's also a huge chassis shortage in the U.S. right now, and everything's congested. I mean, it's better than what it was when the pandemic uh, started. And, and after a year of us going through the pandemic, and to give you a couple of data points on that, last uh, six in the last six, six months ago, the, there were around 100 ships parked outside Long Beach waiting to be berthed and unloaded. Right now, there's 30. So is the situation getting better? Yes, it is. Uh, is it where it needs to be? No. And it's probably going to take some time. So despite the fact that you see a general slowdown in uh, the market due to the inflation and other factors, the supply chains are still pretty congested. So they're trailing behind when it comes to stabilizing. So it'll probably take at least another, I hope it's one year, but I feel that some of these things are probably not going to stabilize uh, uh, in, in a year, probably take even longer. So yes, there's a lot of shortage. Uh, we also need to make uh, better decisions when it comes to uh, trucking. The truck drivers are amazing and I'm a huge fan of dock workers and warehouse employees and truck drivers and delivery uh, people. I think that they are very they're the unsung heroes of the pandemic because they kept the world turning. And we all recognize the nurses and doctors and uh, all those other essential workers, which are amazing as well. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like uh, 
logistics a little bit more ungrateful and we should probably thank everyone that we see that's currently shipping and delivering products because it's been incredibly challenging continues to be very challenging and and we don't pay them enough i i don't get it it's it's like teachers right why why don't we pay them more if it's such an important job for our for our country i i just don't get it absolutely and they do uh, tons of other things that we don't even realize they do. For example, there's an association that I would encourage you to look into. It's called Truckers Against Trafficking. So since they're driving all over the country, they're fully engaged with this association and uh, they're helping stop trafficking in the United States. And uh, tr truckers in general, definitely. That was some that was some good stuff, Enrique, right there. Uh, I think that is a uh, as well a spoken uh, testament to people that you don't necessarily see yeah. every day. I mean, we see the trucks, I, you know, I, I live in Charleston, so we have a, a decent sized port here. Right. right. <laughs> and, uh, and so our whole world revolves around 18 wheeler trucks yeah. here. I mean, yeah. it is every day there is, cause we have a port right here at the Wando that's on the Mount Pleasant side. And uh, as Doug, you know, when Doug comes down on Thursdays and we have lunch, you know, he passes, literally hundreds and of course you know there is a, a pretty famous automaker based in the upstate that has maybe three initials in their name i don't know them well <laughs> enough to call them by their name they're, they're, they're not a sponsors of yours yet <laughs> maybe they maybe one day it's one but that you don't know, forget that's... about the one as you're going into too you know very near the end of the alphabet <laughs> Yeah, yep. it is. Uh, we have. Uh, and then there's also like a big airplane company here, too. I've heard. I, I don't know if they're. But there's I know there's tons of really good industries around where you guys are. For sure. Yep, it is. There's tons so, so of we, industry around here. Yeah, there, there definitely is. I know up in, in Florence, which is where, where Doug is, uh, the 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 distribution side of the industry industry and warehouse is is literally exploding up there. And there's uh, big manufacturers that are going up there uh, because they're looking for like segments. Uh, because I know one of our guys from California made a warehouse in Atlanta just so he could ship the rail cars from California to Atlanta and then be able to distribute from Atlanta, even though, you know, it was still expensive. He like it, they were called like pre shipping or yeah, yeah. preparative shipping. And uh, so I, I am just amazed every day that that how much planning goes into just getting something to the store or getting it to a restaurant or getting it to an, a manufacturer. There's a, there's, you mentioned warehousing, there's a big shortage of uh, refrigerated or temperature controlled warehousing in the U S as well. So that's another kind of piece of the puzzle that logistic companies out there are trying to resolve every day. And uh, companies are trying to, to put together. So their clients have a better service and they have the products they want uh, on the shelves. So, Enrique, I'm, I'm going to switch this up here a little bit. Sure. I love where we're going on this. Do you have, I, I want two, two things from you. And I say I want, that's not really fair to say. The, the first thing I want to know, what is the most, what is a victory that Vector has had in the shipping logistics? Is there any victories where everybody actually just like was throwing their hats in the air that something awesome happened? And the second thing I would want to know from you is, if you could tell people about the logistics industry that they don't know, what would you tell them? You're thinking, I wish people knew this about the logistics industry. Um, and you can pick which one of those you yeah. want to answer. 
first. I, I, both of them are meant to bring happiness and joy and kindness into the conversation, uh, which is a big part of who Doug and I are. And, you, and I feel like you're the same sort of person. So if, if you have something that was an amazing victory where everybody threw their hats in the air uh, or played their vuvuzelas, uh, you know, during the, during the, the event, and, and one thing you'd love to tell people about the industry that you are in with Vector. Absolutely. So when it comes to, to big wins, uh, we have many. Uh, one of them is our great culture and the people that are working for Vector. I'm very thankful and humbled by their example. And I'm super happy that they let me be one of their teammates, if you will, because we have amazing team. Very, very specific example, and I'll give you two, one that happened this week. We are, as part of Logistics with Purpose, we coordinate some, some calls, and I'll send you guys information in case you want to participate to help uh, all the million of uh, Ukrainian refugees, both outside the Ukraine in Poland and all the surrounding areas, and then also in Ukraine when the war started. We started having these conversations every week, and then we moved them on to every other week. And our role was literally just to listen, matchmake. It was not promotional. It was really nothing uh, more than listening to organizations come together and talk about how we could all help Ukraine. So the big win is uh, this week, a trucking company that helped us load containers for free, uh, despite all the demand they have. And we talked about trucking companies and truckers earlier today, uh, despite everything they could be doing, they were committed and passionate enough to, to give their services for free, to load containers and truck them into the port so that we could then ship them to people in the Ukraine. They sent us a couple of videos and I was just overwhelmed. And I think the whole team uh, was incredibly happy to see that. And then all the people that are donating products, uh, Vectors shipping the containers for free in partnership with the WCA and some other organizations, which I cannot be more thankful uh, for. So uh, so that, that would be a good break, big win. The other one, which is more in the last couple of years, we sent a container to Africa full of books in partnership with Books for Africa in a, to a little town in Ghana. Uh, and seeing the kids all over the town come to meet the container as they were unloading it and panning out all these different books. Some of the smaller kids, I'm sure, couldn't even read, but just having the books in their hands and that was incredibly overwhelming and inspiring. So, and if you want to see video of that, just you, go to our website at vectorgl.com and there's a video of this story that I'm telling you because that was uh, very valid, it validated who we are, why we do what we do and the kind of culture we have. This In terms very, of what would good. I like people to, to know uh, about logistics, I think the pandemic has helped us a lot. So it, it has brought us a lot of hardship and we all struggled through it and it was horrible. But one good thing that I can extract from it is that it made logistics more visible to the average uh, person. So now that you go to the stores, you realize that those, whatever you're buying is coming from somewhere. It's sourced somewhere, it's manufactured somewhere else. And I feel like people are a little bit more appreciative for what logistics can do and how important supply chain management is and how amazing, um, again, we talked about trucking, uh, truck drivers, but also dog workers and warehouse uh, 
employees are to the whole world. So I, I would just like people to be constantly aware and if possible, appreciative as of how much work goes into you buying that extra Coke uh, at a Publix, right? So just, it's not easy for that product to be there in the shelf. Uh, and it's probably coming from around the world. So just, uh, just be mindful, maybe even a little bit more um, patient when it comes to, for example, truck drivers. I have done it myself but you're in the you leave work and you're stuck in traffic and you see all those trucks around and uh, your first i guess reactions not usually hey thank you for doing what you're doing it's just like, hey why are you here oh you're making all this mess but uh, so let's just be a little bit more patient and, and understanding Enrique, thank you so much for visiting with us today you gave us some 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 terrific insight and actually i thought of some things i've never thought about with the logistics and supply chain about the patients, uh, even though we're in that too, I, I, you know, I have thought sometimes, God, why don't we have any cream cheese? Why can't we have that? And, uh, <laughs> so I appreciate you so much. And, and before we go, Enrique, is uh, how would, if, if someone were looking to find out about Vector, if one of our, the people that are listening need a company like you, how, how would they find you? Yeah, we're very active in, uh, on LinkedIn. So the best thing to reach out to me personally is just shoot me a LinkedIn message. Uh, just look up my profile, Enrique Alvarez Vector, and it should come up. In terms of reaching out to us, uh, Vector, go to our website at uh, vectorgl.com, and you'll have like under the contact information, you'll have uh, some of our contacts as well. It's been a pleasure, uh, both Doug and Tom. So thank you so much for having me here. It, it's been fun too. So we'd love to do it again. Awesome. Thank you, Enrique. Have a good thank one. Thank you, Enrique. Thank you. Take care, guys. See you guys later. Bye. Cheers. Bye-bye.